Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. The message you are about to hear will encourage and equip those who have ears to hear to be a Christian, clothed with the armor of a Gospel Defender. Ladies and gentlemen, the question is asked in the book of Jeremiah. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways, and see and ask for the old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. These words were written to describe the spiritual condition of God's people in the Old Testament days of Jeremiah, but they are as applicable today as they were then. A sign of the forthcoming demise of God's people in the days of Jeremiah was the inability of the people to blush. They were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. And this was before bikinis. French cut bathing suits, dresses that leave little to the imagination, before see-through blouses, topless go-go girls, and before HBO, the horrible box office channel on television. Through Jeremiah, God said because these people addressed were not ashamed and could not blush, they would fall at the hands of their enemies. Think about that, if you are able. 
A whole nation fell at the hands of their enemies because they could not blush when they heard a little dirty joke, because they could not blush when their eyes saw some streaker whizzing by, and because they could not blush looking at a little bit of porn. Think about that. And as you think about that, it won't be long until some of you who are spiritually minded begin asking yourself, how much longer does God's spiritual Israel, the church, have before God begins to spew some who are outwardly members of his church from his mouth to their enemies because of their inability to blush? Are you able to blush, ladies and gentlemen? I know some of you ladies use blush, but can you blush without getting it from a cosmetics case? At this time, let me test your blushing potential. Husbands, the question you are about to hear me ask the ladies, your wives, in this listening audience is a shocking and an embarrassing question for me to ask. I am not comfortable at all asking it, but I must ask it anyway. Now before I ask it, let me urge you to not turn me off. Even though the question may turn you off, please do not turn me off until I have time to explain myself. I ask your wife this question only to demonstrate a truth. Are you ready, wives? Hang on to your garters. Here is the question. Besides your bedroom, in what room of your house did you last make love with your husband? You heard me right. Wives, Besides your bedroom, in what room of your house did you last make love to your husbands? If you were to send me a letter, and this is especially true for you husbands, marked with none of your business, written in all capital letters and underscored a couple of times, I could not fault you for sending me that kind of response. That is the same way I feel about it. If someone were to ask my wife the same question I asked your wife, I would write back, none of your business. And I might have to pray to God to restrain me from saying even more than that. And yet, not all that long ago, when things were not quite as insane as they are now, this question was asked of three preachers' wives in the presence of many other preachers and their wives in a preachers' and preachers' wives' meeting in which I am sorry and embarrassed to have to admit I found myself. The justification for asking this question was that it would help to loosen up the group a little bit and 
help the preachers in attendance to overcome some of their hang-ups about sex. As far as I was concerned, if you had really wanted to loosen up the group, why not ask the three preachers' wives to strip down to their undies? That would really have helped to loosen up the group. How it would have helped the preachers to overcome their sexual hang-ups, I will leave to your own imagination. Ladies and gentlemen, I expect to hear this kind of question asked of women on some idiotic television game show or in some interview printed in a slick magazine that appeals especially to boys and men who like to run around. But to hear this question asked in an assembly of what is supposed to be men of God with their wives sitting by their sides is a bit too much for me to accept. There could be only one thing worse than to hear the question asked, and that would be to hear the question answered. But you're right. Each of the preacher's wives were totally uninhibited about the whole thing. Without blushing, they shared with the entire assembled group the answer to the question, besides your bedroom. In what room of your house did you last make love with your husband? And when they answered, a few who listened squirmed in their seats, a few nervously chuckled, and a few horse laughed. But were they embarrassed? No! They were not at all embarrassed, nor did they know how to blush. As for me and my wife and the couple who sat by us, we wanted to throw up. But more important than knowing the responses of the assembled group, I could not help but wonder, what was the response of the Lord Jesus Christ toward these men and their wives, who ought to have been examples of holiness at least? for the church, but also for the world to behold. Evidently, this is now par for the course in some religious assemblies. A lot of preachers have become cold to the fires of hell, calloused to the call of God to come out from among them, and compromisers with the world. Whatever happened to holiness in the church that Jesus built. Ladies and gentlemen, and especially my spiritual brethren in the New Testament church that was purchased with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, take heed and beware, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. The Apostle Paul prophesied to Timothy that in latter times some will depart from the faith, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Paul said that some would not even have a conscience in the latter days that would know right from wrong. 
their consciences will be seared with a hot iron. They will have fried brains. Those latter days are the days in which you and I now live. The devil, that crafty, sly, subtle, sneaky reprobate, has sneaked into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in many cases he has sneaked in right through the preacher and elders. But this is nothing new. He has worked this way many, many times before. He knows the way well. You can read about it throughout the Old Testament and learn that Satan was a master in corrupting the priests and the pulpits of God. He is still corrupting some of the priests of God today. The royal priesthood, the body of Jesus Christ, has fallen prey to the old tricks of the old serpent. And one of the nastiest, dirtiest, and slickest tricks the old serpent works today is to trick the average church member, along with the preacher and elders, to believe that because the church lives in a world in which sin has been eliminated, excused, and excommunicated from existence, what was sin 20 centuries ago really isn't sin today. The church has grown so accustomed to being a part of the world rather than apart from it and allowing the world dictate to her how she ought to live to be really happy. The Christian has not only adopted the world's sins as his or her own and become cold, calloused, and compromising toward holiness, but the church has welcomed sin into herself. When I graduated from high school, admittedly it wasn't yesterday, but it was when most people could still blush. If some of the girls had worn some of the clothes to school that some girls and ladies wear to the assembly of God's family, the church, they either would have been sent back home to get some clothes or had been expelled. If some of the boys who came to school had been dressed as some of the men and boys who come to the assembly of God's family, the church, they either would have been sent back home or expelled. Ladies and gentlemen, and those of you who are of my age, we would never have gone to the movies and watched what is being beamed each night into the living or family rooms of the average Christian home via the idiot box, the boob tube, the one-eyed monster, or whatever name you choose to call it. Movies that were considered indecent, racy, seductive, years ago could be shown at Sunday school picnics today and never raise the eyebrows of the average Sunday school student. Ladies and gentlemen, what was written concerning Israel in the days of Jeremiah can be rightfully said of God's spiritual Israel today. No, they were not at all ashamed. And they knew not how to blush. 
We are not surprised that the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who have no use or time for Christ, His Word, or His church. That's His mission, and He is doing it well these days. He has not only blinded minds, He has removed minds from the skulls of an increasing number of people. There's no other way to explain why some boys think they are girls and some girls think they are boys. They have surrendered good brains for bad ones. And the church seems to be buying into some of this insanity as well. The examples of what used to be sin being accepted today by the church as acceptable habits or lifestyles are more than we have time to cover in the short time we have. And if you ask how, why, when did the church, bought by the blood of the Lamb of God, begin to adopt the same ungodly lifestyle of the world and cease to be separated from the world, the answer is simply this. A slow but deliberate plan over the years the devil has conditioned the mind of some of God's people to accept as normal that which is not normal and that which is emphatically opposed to the Word of God as being nothing out of the ordinary. He has been able to do this in a variety of ways. You see, if you watch enough television or enough movies in which people are portrayed as living like animals, if you read enough stories in books and magazines about people who dress like animals, if you work with enough people who smell like animals, and if you go to enough places where people talk like animals, if you do this with any regularity at all, and at the same time never expose yourself to the Word of God, it will not be long until you begin to believe everyone is supposed to live and talk and dress and undress and smell like animals. In fact, it will not be long before you yourself will begin to live, talk, dress, undress, and smell like an animal. It won't be long until when you go down the street. The only thing anyone will say about you is that whatever you are, you look like a Jane and smell like a Tarzan. And if the devil can get enough people in the local church to begin to adopt the habits of animals, the church will become nothing but a zoo for animals. It will happen so slowly, so gradually, so unnoticeably that it will happen without the congregation even realizing that it has happened until someday, some Lord's Day, some consecrated saint will wake up and behold that which is an embarrassment to the Lord God. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a disgraceful sin that some denominational churches are known more for their holiness than is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Lord's church is to be holy. The Apostle Peter reminds each of us in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that as he who called you is holy, you also 
be holy in all your conduct because it is written be holy for I am holy echoing the Apostle Peter the writer of the Hebrew letter states that without holiness no man shall see the Lord one of the reasons the church is not holy is because the church is too busy trying to make people happy. In her effort to make people happy, she has forgotten that her first mission is to make people holy. Ladies and gentlemen, holiness is as much a requisite for being a Christian as is being immersed in water for the remission of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit is a requisite to become a Christian. You cannot be a Christian without obeying Christ's command to repent and be immersed, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you cannot remain a Christian without obeying Christ's command to be holy. So, preacher, elder, Bible school teacher, when you lower the fences of holiness to get people into the local body of Christ where you attend, you lower the standards of the divine, all-authoritative Word of God. When the fences are lowered, some sheep who enter the fold are not sheep who belong to the Good Shepherd, but are servants of the serpent dressed in sheep's clothing. And the sheep that were already in the fold are contaminated by the wolves of unrighteousness. Because of lowering the fences, the church has become cold and calloused to what the Bible calls sin and that was once identified from the pulpit as such. But today it would seem that those standing behind the pulpit are not at all ashamed, and no, neither can they blush. Before the church repents, the man in the pulpit must also repent. The church lives in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom she is to shine in the world, holding fast the word of life. What a high calling we Christians have, and what a challenge is before us to show the world Jesus Christ through our lives. Nothing could be any more honorable than that, and nothing could be any more dishonorable than to fail to do this as a child of God. Not until Jesus dwells in you through the presence of the Holy Spirit will you begin to blush at those things that should cause you to blush. Not until you are crucified and buried with Christ in New Testament water immersion for the forgiveness of sin and rise to walk in a newness of life as a newborn, reborn babe in Christ can you show or will you show a world which delves in darkness the light of the world, who is Jesus Christ. 
who is able to set all men free from the death hold of sin and righteousness. So, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized to wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenball speaking. You have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the church that Jesus built that preaches all of the word to all of the world. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at gospel-defender.org or by email, A-G-O-S-D-E-F, agosdef, at roadrunner.com. At your request, a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message. And a copy of our bi-monthly Gospel Defender Journal will be sent to you free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. We need to hear from you as soon as possible, so please take the time to contact us today. And now until you and I meet again at this same time and at this same place, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. A God.